Welcome into DTC, week two preview, two-part show. Redskins first, Colts later. Stevie is, uh, I think, are you still watching the Mystics game? Can we get a, uh, a recap? Are the I, Mystics I, alive <laughs> or is the are the WNBA playoffs over? I finals think uh, RIP Mystics along with RIP Nats who are playing incredible right now. Yeah, it's great that they caught fire right at the end of the season when it doesn't matter. It's wonderful. Golf clap for I'm the saying, Nats, everybody. Wonderful. Bra- Good job, if, Nats. If the Braves could stop winning, they, they'd be in it, but too little, too late. Way Apparently, to all the Nats What's needed What does it matter was, when uh, you get rid of all your, your whole team? Well, They've clearly well, given up for the year. Apparently, all the Nats needed was a bunch of rainouts and doubleheaders and, and just being extra fatigued where they can't think about how terrible they are to just come out and play. And, and LP, I wanted to bring you in asking a DC United question. Are the United winning right now? Uh, or are you on tape delay? This podcast, they are at halftime. It's at 0-0. Did you watch USA v. Mexico yesterday? I did. Um, USA has got uh, some up-and-coming talent. Um, <laughs> and then there was the... What, what's the guy's name? Masgata? Yeah, so um, I had to put the soccer talk in the beginning just to see FP's eyes literally roll <laughs> and get stuck in the back of his head. Uh, FP, welcome in. I, I know you've been you've been clamoring and chomping at the bit to talk about some Redskins football. We have an interview coming up uh, later on tonight. We'll record it later on tonight. We'll post it in, uh, tomorrow, hopefully, with um, with a writer that covers the Colts. But what are you most excited, looking forward to? Let's assume that the hurricane does not destroy Washington D.C. Are the Redskins going to win on Sunday? I will say they are going to win. And what I'm most excited for is to see if the Adrian Peterson that we saw in week one really dictates how the Colts play their defense in week two. So if they're going to start accounting for a strong running game with Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson, I really want to see if that leads to the receivers finally being able to get some favorable one-on-one matchups going down the field. And if that addresses your concern of the receivers and Alex Smith kind of getting the passing game going. So that's really what I'm going to be looking for. I mean, at the way the way they ran the ball last week, Adrian Peterson should be good for like 150 yards again. And if I'm Jay Gruden, I'm going to keep running him until the, literally the wheels come off. If it's two games, three games, hopefully I get to the bye. Hopefully I get a, a squeeze an extra two games here or there. We're obviously looking – I don't like to look too far ahead, but Aaron Rodgers potentially could be out two weeks. That, that favors the Redskins. It sucks for him. His performance on Sunday night was incredible. I'm not a big A-Rod guy. I know Stevie is. Stevie, did you watch that game? I did. I did. Just part of the, the course. Was for that A-Rod. the best performance you've ever seen out of a quarterback? Like uh, Brett Favre with his dad dying. I like. I know. There's a, there's a bunch of like top shelf QB performances. But did okay. Let me let me rephrase it. Did you expect no, him to come out and do what he did? No, I didn't. I thought he'd be out for the game. I mean, especially on a week one game. I mean, that's why I can't call it the best performance. I mean, the, the stakes were not so high. But I mean, week one. You're not really pushing the body. I mean, you're you're kind of easing in, in easing into the season, and for him to go out like that, he is he's a beast, man. Where, where is Skip Bayless? Uh, he's hiding <laughs> under his junk desk. About. You know, yeah. I I used to be with Skip Bayless on this one that A Rod was a little bit overrated, but frankly, he's a lot closer to Tom Brady than he is to anybody else. When you when you really look at him, you you consider what he's done consistently with less than super talent at wide receiver, or maybe if he's got that super talent. It's been short-lived. Like Jordy Nelson comes to mind. There's a couple others over the years, maybe that that have played that that number one stud role for him. But usually, it's a bunch of guys named Gerardo Allison or, or whatever that dude's name is that's catching balls right now for him. Geronimo Allison. Geronimo, thank you, Geronimo. But you you look at his performance and you say, well, I really don't want him. Uh, I don't want to see him face the Redskins. 
but at the same time, I kind of do because it's he's magical. He's he's really special to watch. It's hard to not watch when he's on. But let's get back on the Colts here. If we play a little game called "Is He a Colt?" I'm confident that I can stump all of you. FP, I'm going to start with you. Ryan Glasgow, is he a Colt? Ooh, um, shot in the dark. Yes. Wow, you're right. He he is he is a Colt. I couldn't tell you what position he plays, but he's definitely <laughs> a Colt. LP sounds like a Colt name. LP, how about Nick Mantle? Uh, Nick Mantle is definitely not a Colt. I don't know where he came with that name, but I don't think he's a football player. He may or may not be a football player, but it looks like he... uh, he, Sorry, Nick Vigil was the name I was going for. My fault. (laughs) I couldn't read my notes. My handwriting got a little sloppy. How about Nick Vigil? I guess I just gave it away. Nick Vigil? Is he brothers with Zach Vigil? Uh, No idea. I would say no, he's not a Colt. He is a Colt. He led the team in tackles with 11 last week. Stevie, I'm not even going to toss a name to you because I expect the answer to be I don't know. Uh, but I will ask you one. Do, do you know where Joe Mixon currently plays running back? Uh, Joe Mixon. I feel like he got arrested recently. <laughs> um, if this he is got a arrested, joke, right? Then he probably plays for the Bengals. Stevie, isn't he on your fantasy team? <laughs> He's not on my fantasy team. I was worried you were going to ask me about the Colts running back, and I was going to give you either Marshall, Marshall Falk or Edger and James. Well, those would both be correct uh, from uh, a time long, long ago. But both names that I gave you before, Nick Vigil and uh, Hardy Nickerson are, and Ryan Glasgow, are actually Bengals players, not Colts players. And that's how indiscri- That's how non like th- nobody knows any player on the Colts team outside of Andrew Luck, Ryan Grant, because we're Redskins fans, and I guess T. Y. Hilton. There's nobody. There's no way anybody knows who Neheim Hines is, the running back that touched the ball five times. Jordan Wilkins, anybody know Jordan Wilkins? Anybody know where he went to school? No way. Like, this is a team full of people. Like, the Cardinals were bad, right? And the, the narrative this week in D.C. has been, were the Redskins better than we thought or were the Cardinals worse than we thought? Well, if the Redskins come out and beat a team that none of us can, like, honestly name five or six players on, then the Reds, the answer is both. The Redskins are better than we expect them to. We expected them to be. And the teams that they faced at the beginning of the season here with the Cardinals and Colts, they're just not very good. What am I? Yeah, I, I think, uh, Joe, I think it's nice that we're going to have a Colts guy on. I'm sure he'll be great and very informative and all that. But this game has nothing to do with the Colts. This game is all about the Redskins. And this game, to me, is really about can they build on the success and on the good things they were doing against uh, a worse competition, against uh, a mediocre competition. I think can Alex Smith continue to protect the ball? Can he continue to go through his reads, continue to really show a, an incredible command of this new offense that he's learning so early on. Can Adrian Peterson turn back the clock every week? I mean, is this something where his body's going to break down? I mean, how many touches? He probably got 26 touches uh, last week, 27 touches. Plus the the guy's a freak of nature. I mean, freak, look man. at his body. I mean, he, I wanna, him, I Vernon Davis. Like that at 32, man. Yeah, I mean, Joe. him and Vernon Davis are probably working out right now. <laughs> Listen, okay, there's, there's too many things. So, also, can the defense... I want to rewind a little actually, bit. Can we talk about Joe's dad bod? Can we, can we leave that till the end of the show? Yeah. Can we do that at the end of the show? Yeah, that's let's, let's, the punchline, okay? I got a couple more uh, questions for you, Stevie, though. One, uh, maybe we'll come back to it. FP, talk to me a little bit about this Redskins defense. We'll, uh, we'll give Steve a, a moment here to collect his thoughts, but uh, FP... You look at this Redskins defense, Ryan Kerrigan didn't even register a tackle last week, which is incredible when you think about it. He had no tackles, no assists last week. I expect him to come out uh, and try to do some damage, kind of make his mark and, and, and announce that he's still here and he's still a stud. 
I mean, did, did anyone pick up on that? Did you pick up on that, that he basically was invisible on, on Sunday? Yeah, well, LP and I were watching together, and we, we kept waiting for Kerrigan to do some kind of early season Kerrigan move where he bats a ball down, catches it, and runs it in for 10 yards for a touchdown. But like you said, he was completely empty, and, and he didn't really have a big role to play, but that's because everybody else was doing their job and everybody else was collapsing the pocket and everybody else was getting their pressure. And then that alone made it so that Sam Bradford didn't really have a chance to escape his pocket and, and kind of look downfield, which gives an edge rusher his chance to kind of get on camera and show that he's going to give you the pressure. So because our run defense did so well against David Johnson, that's why you didn't really get to see a Kerrigan or a Smith or anything like that because it's almost as if the defense was done with the play and 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 got the team off the field before Kerrigan could really get his fire his engine fired up. So it, it'll be interesting, like you said. I know nothing about the Colts. I don't know how their run team is. I know they have a rookie on the offensive line and some old guy, and and you would hope that Kerrigan can can go through that and and get his pressure. But I know nothing about the Colts to say what Kerrigan would be able to do. I would just, he is Kerrigan. He will play a solid game. So LP, let's get you in here. The Redskins receivers last week didn't do a very good, well, it's it's hard to put the blame on them. They're not the ones throwing the passes, but they got to go, they got to get more involved this week, right? I mean, I know there's a hurricane coming and potential for terrible weather, but they, they have to be more involved in the game plan this week uh, for the team to be successful. I actually don't think so. And I don't believe that that's going to be um, a part of the game plan. Because if you actually think about it, Jay Gruden and both Alex Smith talked about it this week, that really the game plan last week was run the ball, and it was working so effectively. The stretch run plays to Chris Thompson, up the gut through Adrian Peterson. Even Fat Rob got you know four or five yards per, uh, per carry. So the game plan was clearly run the ball, get a lead, hold the lead. And you know if they started to fall back, they'd start throwing the ball a little bit more. Paul Richardson had four catches last week. I think Doxson had one catch, one drop. Uh, which is a concern. But then again, this week with the storm coming in, with the field uh, being played on, well, it's been raining here in D.C. for, what, 10 days now? They had a soccer game yesterday, which I don't know why anyone would think that would be a good idea to have an international friendly game four days before a Redskins game. But the field's going to be sloppy. Um, I think the plan is going to be run the ball again and see what you can get with that. And and I don't think it's going to be all Adrian Peterson. I think that Rob can get a good dose of, you know, eight to 10 carries, Adrian Peterson, 15 to 20. And, you know, Chris Thompson is five, five to, to I mean, eight if, yards. If that happens, five, LP, then it's a blowout. I mean, if that happens, they're going to win, you know, 30 to six or something, something my, bananas. My, my guess is that when we go to predictions later on in the show with our guests, that you're going to get, you're going to predict the blowout. Of course I am. Cause that's what I do. He, he always does. I'll tell you what I won't predict though, is a sellout. Stevie, this is what I want to talk to you about. So apparently the the Redskins are acknowledging, which is it's kind of ridiculous, but the Redskins are acknowledging that this Sunday will be the the first non sellout home game since 1967. Now we've all been in that years. stadium, we've all been there, and we know that they don't actually sell out all the state. They, they haven't Never. sold it out <laughs> ever, maybe exactly, but it officially comes to an end, and it, this is part of their transparency movement apparently to involve the fans more and be more open or whatever. Is this a big deal or not? I think it's a cry for help. Yeah, it is a big deal. I mean, I think it's finally the 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 big men on campus, the you know the, the the big boys in the city, basically saying we're pretty terrified that we're losing our stranglehold on this city 
please come and buy tickets from us. And I think it's finally them admitting that, you know what, they don't have a monopoly on the, the fan base here in D.C. They don't have a monopoly on sports fans here in D.C. And they need to work to get the loyalty. I mean, how many times did we say, you know what, let's just go. I mean, it's football. It's the Redskins. Like, they don't need to do anything to earn our, our patronage. We just show up, right, and we just shell out the cash. Well, I think not anymore, right? They got to do stuff. That's why they're doing – I saw they they bought, a like, a gun cannon. <laughs> they're going to bring back the gun cannon for T-shirts and stuff like that, the T-shirt cannon. And they did a bunch of uh, fan experience improvements, et cetera, to, to help, you know, that game day experience. And basically – I, I respect it. You know, I think it's them saying, you know what? We have to earn people's patronage right now. We'll put a good product on the field. But on top of that, we also want to provide a great game day experience. So I I, I think it's a, it's a good step in the right direction. And I think they're taking a step towards coming back to the district. I think that was a story that went under the radar last week with Mayor Bowser uh, at a, a reception or some type of luncheon ceremony with Dan Snyder making a strong case to bring the team back to the district. And I think it was well-received uh, by the little owner himself. So I, I agree with uh, you. And I think the, the pitch was less less seats, more Redskins fans, and uh, basically the Atlanta model. Uh, you know, right now the Redskins, the, the stadium ranks fifth, the fifth most expensive in the league for two people to attend a game at just over 530 bucks uh, for two people to buy tickets, parking, uh, a beer, a soda, and two hot dogs. Like 530 bucks is a lot of money for a, a terrible stadium that you can't get to, that you can't park at, that you can't leave when it's time to go. Like it, it's a terrible, it's a terrible actual game day experience. But to be fair, that like most of the league has that same problem. Um, but I, I'm actually with you, Steve. I, I'll give I'll give the Redskins some credit here for coming out and basically saying, you know, we're not untouchable as we once were. We want some of that caps love. And uh, you know, this is a small step and and a little bit of a funny one, but a small step to, you know, re reigniting some of that interest in their fan base. And frankly, I think by doing so, if they come out and win, I mean, if they go into the bye week with, let's say, three and one, right, which is, is let's say it's doable, but if they, uh, they could potentially see that stadium filled back with Redskins fans, maybe by the midseason, you know, maybe it's possible. It's possible. Did, did, did anyone yeah. consider going this Sunday? I, I'm yeah. not considering it primarily because it's a hurricane, <laughs> but, uh, uh I'm not considering it primarily because it's in Maryland and you still have to go on 495 and deal with all the Maryland traffic. I'm not considering it because it's the Colts. So <laughs> it's basically it for me. It's not worth not worth the money to go, go see a it's Colts just too team. Hard. It's too hard to sit there and, and like like TV timeouts are unbearable when I'm at home. They're excruciating when you're actually in the building. And if the weather's bad on top of it, no thank you. Like I I lived like that part of my life is over and I'm okay with that part of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say I was a part of that part. Of you were, life, you were a part of that. And, and I'm, I'm happy for both of us that it's over to be very honest. Um, <laughs> let's go to some keys of the game here. Stevie, the Redskins will win. If what? Um, I think they uh, find more ways to get Chris Thompson and their uh, playmakers, uh, the ball in space. I think this Colts team has shown, uh, an inability to tackle in space. I think um, th- this Colts team has shown that they're they're not going to stop anyone. That if we play our game and we can get the ball in the hands of the guys that can make plays, 
Chris Thompson, Jordan Reed, Jameson Crowder, some Paul Richardson, some Adrian Peterson, then they're going to win. I think uh, that offensive line needs to continue to protect Alex Smith and give him time to go through his reads. FP, how about you? The Redskins win if? Uh, it'll come down to Gruden and just calling another even run-pass game and not overloading one or the other and kind of keeping the Colts' defense on their toes. FP's always harsh on Gruden, and this is where we always disagree every Sunday. I'm but not I'll go harsh next. on No, I'm saying he, he, called, he coached How a great game harsh? last he week. Was just yeah, saying if he does yeah but you're we'll saying that if he fine. doesn't have an excellent game, then the Redskins won't win. I think it's fair to say if every – NFL team's coach doesn't have an excellent game. It's bad for the team. Yes, see well, Detroit. Uh, well, actually, if, if you heard Gruden's <laughs> conference uh, Which Gruden? Week, because there's said, one Gruden that had an awful conference saying that hit their star player didn't want to play for him and then yeah, saying exactly. one Gruden and then saying they needed some pass rush. <laughs> a stud. LP, what's your key to the yep. game? He got paid a lot of money. My keys to the game is to get to Andrew Luck with uh, under you know three seconds. Uh, Andrew Luck threw for 53 passes last Sunday. You give Andrew Luck any time. It doesn't matter who's playing receiver. They're going to find a way to get open. And we all know that Ryan Grant can catch the ball. <laughs> we all know that T.Y. Hilton can rip the top off of defenses. And our, our cornerbacks are young and unproven. Dunbar had a good game last week. But other than that, I mean, Norman was passed to, I think, once maybe. Um, Fabian Moreau probably zero times. So the cornerbacks are still unproven. I think you got to get to the quarter. You got to get to Andrew Luck. So I'll tell you, my key is going to be Jordan Reed, and and he played great. I mean, he did what they needed him to do last week against the Cardinals. But you look at what uh, what Eifert and um, and Boyd were able to do: six catches for seventy yards. We know Reed can do that himself. So I think Jordan Reed is kind of the key here. I think if the Redskins jump out, uh, get the ball to start, get out there, get build a you know a seven to three, a ten to three, a fourteen to seven lead, something like that, where the Colts have to play from behind have to pass the ball a little bit more. I think that favors us tremendously. And, and frankly, I think I, th- I don't think it's going to be a close game. You guys seem to be uh, maybe disagreeing with me on this one. I, I don't think it's going to be close at all. I think if Adrian Peterson runs the way he did um, – was it – sorry, Ebron, not Eifert. Thank you for the correction. I, I appreciate it. Um, but looking at this team, if Peterson comes out and runs the way he did last week, I don't think – I don't. there's not many teams that I would pick the Redskins to lose to if AP looks the way he did. Uh, last week that that's just my my personal take but um, but, but i also think we should tame our expectations of adrian peterson no why I mean, it's to go for 96 yards two. 96 yards and 70 uh rushing your uh, passing yards i mean you're not no receiver i mean Le'Veon bell in his prime is he's not, not even that. in the league it doesn't count he's <laughs> not he's not a football player right now david johnson had 40 yards last week he's against that's a good testament to our defense against a really good defense right and, and so, so those what's games your point? what's your happen. point lp what's the point my point is, for you to expect Adrian Peterson to get 96 yards and 70 uh, passing yards. No, I expect him to have 150 yards. yards. I expect the Look, weather to be crappy, I, and I expect him I to I run all say, over this team. Nobody uh, knows. All I'm nobody, saying is that you don't need Adrian Peterson to do that to win the game. There are other ways to win the game. What version of Adrian Peterson you're going to get behind a, a solid offensive line and with a one-two punch of CT? He's never done that before in his career, so we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if you really just need him to run hard for 25 plays, I think he still has enough in the tank to do that, to run hard for 25 plays. And to I get spelled by CT and, and, and be running behind a great line, it, he should be able to realistically do this at deep into week eight, week nine, before I have any concerns about the usage on his body. 
Can can my hot take be that Hurricane Florence is going to be a no show in the DC area? That's not really uh, much thinking, of a hot take right now. Yeah, but sure. I, I think the hurricane models agree with you. Can I be? Can, I, can my of, hot take be that I, FB is hundred percent wrong? Can I, can I just can I state something here? I was hundred percent right with my analysis, saying that Eifert and Boyd went six for seventy, and then Dum Dum over here said no, it wasn't. You got the wrong tight end. It was no. I got the right <laughs> tight end. I know exactly what I was saying. Thank you very much. Too. You don't have do some research. What you're saying. I do. I do. I sent my notes. You guys saw my notes. It's got these guys were clowning on me because I uh, because I you used, wrote them in crown crayon 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 is the word you're looking for. Crown you wear crayon is hey, the I corrected myself well before you this corrected me. This it's doesn't bode well for a guest coming up. Hopefully he's it's not terrible. Listening. Yeah. I'll use some backup right now talking about Joe's dad bod. What's the problem? Can I, can I just tell you, my dad bod kicked Steve's ass up and down the basketball court <laughs> last week. And the reason, before you get to my shoes, my oh, wardrobe, okay, yeah, my you, wardrobe was the way it was because I have blisters on my feet from the basketball <laughs> game I played with Steve last week. So is the only shoes I can wear. Is it worse that you have blisters still or that Steve lost to a guy that got blisters probably 15 minutes into that percent blood bank guarantee, 1,000% <laughs> worse for Steve, 1,000%. Let me ask you this. Does Steve's basketball game still consist of half-court shots uh, every three dribbles to the left and then half-court shot? No, but there is a lot of give me the ball, get out of the way. So things haven't called, changed. I, like I, I have nothing. To he's gonna say. watch, this, watch. This in, in, in five seconds, he's gonna throw Peter this under is, the bus and give him five seconds. This is like <laughs> responding. This is like responding to Trump's uh, craziness on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> I have nothing to say to this. Okay, where's Bob Woodward when we need him to write a book about this? Okay, listen, I, I, I volunteered to record, and it's probably better for everyone that we didn't do it. But we'll I volunteered. No, 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 no. No, you bought new sneakers, and the blisters should heal up in two to four weeks. Do you want to know the backstory we'll of those terrible Jordans? First of all, I've never bought a pair of Nike basketball shoes in my life. Those were uh, those were acquired from one John Soriel after his leg exploded playing in them. The first time he wore them, his leg exploded. He busted his Achilles. First time I wore them, I got matching blisters on my left and right foot on my heel. It's terrible. It's terrible. Terrible. You gonna, shoe. Are you going to buy some Nikes uh, anytime soon? Uh, no, I, I will be making a decision not to purchase Nike based on Nike's ad campaign with Colin Kaepernick. You, I'm sure, on the other hand, are going to outfit your entire... <laughs> you're going to change your wardrobe to wear that uh, that nappy fro everywhere, I'm sure. I'm totally cool with the swoosh. Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised, Stevie. I'm not surprised. But the markets disagree <laughs> with you. Four billion cap hit. Four billion with a B. That's a, that's a big chunk of change to lose Let- over a clown uh, and, his, uh, and his slogan. Let's see what the 2018 midterms agree with and disagree with. <laughs> okay. That's a different show. So LP and FP's eyeballs are now rolled into the back of their heads. I'd uh, rather talk about soccer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's stop there. After the break, we have a guest coming on from SB Nation, Matt Dainley. Uh, we'll, I'll make sure I'm pronouncing his name right before we bring him in. But Matt Dainley is a uh, writer and lead podcaster, senior writer and lead podcaster for Stampede Blue. The Colts cast is the name of the podcast. He'll be joining us after the break here um, to basically get into the Colts, a team that we don't know much about. We'll pick his brain about what went right, what went wrong for the team last week. We'll talk about their coaching. We'll talk about their defense. We'll talk about their, uh, uh, obviously, about their, their their skill positions and or maybe the lack thereof of talent at their skill positions. And we'll get his game prediction as well. So for right now, we're going to take a little break. 
Welcome back in Defeating the Curse, talking Redskins, Colts, week two preview show. Matt Danley is on the phone with us, joining the podcast for the first time. We're happy to have him from Stampede Blue, the Colts cast, and a, I mean, super fan, I guess would be the best way to uh, to introduce you, Matt. Would that be about correct? Are you a Colts super fan? Can we call you that? I'm a Colts fan. I, I, I've seen some people who are super fans and I don't dress anything like them. Uh, well, <laughs> well said. So we are we are skins super fans. I, I think uh, I'm speaking for the boys here for FPLP Stevie and myself. Thank you for joining the show. We have a lot of questions for you about a team that largely is unknown to us, largely unknown to the DC fan uh, fan base and and market here. We don't see the Colts very often. We don't travel to uh, Indy very often. They don't come here to DC very often. And frankly, we just played a game called Is He a Colt, and we all didn't do very well. So. Uh, with that being said, we'd like to get your read on what happened this past week, Colts Bengals. Um, is Andrew Luck back? I, I know this maybe seems like a like a softball question, but let's start with that before we get into some of the the, you know, the meat and potatoes of, around the team uh, at large. Is Andrew Luck back? Is he the guy that we all remember watching come of age in 2012, 2013, or is he still injured and and on the road to recovery? No, I think he's good. I mean, as far as the injury goes, he he's fine. But uh, you, you, you kind of, you know, when he, his 2016 season was so impressive after coming back and realizing that he was actually hurt. And then you see how he's come back through this training camp, excuse me, and, and the way that he's progressed. Um, it's not, just, you know, look, when he, when he was injured, he kind of talks about how he had some, some of the darker days, you know, of not being around the team, feeling bad because he couldn't play, you know, that kind of stuff. And I guess, they, they say that's a real thing in the NFL when guys are out for an extended period of time. It really kind of tests their um, you know, resolve, I guess, might be the right word. Uh, but, you know, he, he battled back. You can tell now that he's definitely got it physically and has since training camp started, but he's also got it mentally. You see where he's at at that line of scrimmage. You like where he's at. You like the decisions that he's making for the most part, at least at the line of scrimmage. And you can see that this is, you know, it, it's just uh, – uh, back on the bicycle for him for the most part. Is he is he top shelf Andrew Luck right this minute? I don't think so, but I don't think he's far off from it either. Well, Matt, let me follow up with this. I mean, throwing 53 passes against the Bengals with an O-line that has been beat up with Anthony Costanzo being out most of the game on Sunday and Jamarcus Webb, I think, also being out most of the game, and I think he's on IR now. Can you give us a little uh, update, in, uh, injury update on both the O-line and some of the key offensive players? Yeah, uh, Anthony Costanzo looks like he's going to be playing. He said today uh, that he expected to be playing. He, 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 if you're asking him, he's playing. Now, whether that actually you know, goes all together, he was technically limited today in practice, but Anthony Costanzo, it was, it was kind of a surprise that he didn't play in week one because it, there has not been a week, even if he's been out, first couple days of practice where he hasn't, if he's practiced Friday, you know, full practice, then he was playing and he's been one of the most durable linemen for the Colts. He's coming back. He'll be back for this game. I'm confident in that. And, you know, like you mentioned, Jamarcus Webb's on IR now, but Joe Haig at left tackle really kind of was underappreciated. I think that this group is young. They're forming their chemistry. You know, they, they always say continuity is the, is the real deal with the offensive line. I kind of find it the other way around. I think that chemistry leads to continuity, you know, or not necessarily leads to it, 
but chemistry is more important than continuity and continuity is nice. If you've got the right chemistry, the two aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. And I think that this group has a pretty cool chemistry to be quite honest with you. Uh, they did allow some pressures. Luck got sacked a couple times, but if you look at all the dropbacks, I think it was 59 or 60 total dropbacks for the game. And they only, you know, I, I thought that they did pretty darn well, especially when you're considering that Jamarcus Webb is the slowest human on earth. And Joe Haig, it was has never played on the left side of the line at all, as far as I can remember. In the, in the, it definitely not at left left tackle. He may have played in left guard a little bit, but he's never played in that spot. I thought he did really well for that. I think he might be starting at right tackle for the Colts this week, but Costanzo will be back at left tackle. The rest of the interior line, Kelly had a good game. I think Quentin Nelson's still learning to be a pro, but he's so close and his learning curve is so short that he's going to be quick, really, really or good, really, really quick. And then Matt Slauson's kind of just the guy on the right at the right guard. He's not a great guard in the NFL, but he is a guy who brings and sets a tone. And I think that's really crucial for the Colts, especially with such a young backfield uh, in Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, still young and, and not a lot of experience from him. So uh, this, this offensive line is, is really where, the Colts are going to bread their butter, you know, or butter their bread, I guess. I said that completely backwards, but because uh, hey. their wide receiver core is the same thing. Their wide receiver core has T.Y. Hilton, Chester Rogers, and Ryan Grant. Then you've got a bunch of guys, basically anybody who's coming in after that. And, and that's kind of where the offensive line is really almost as important as Andrew Luck himself, I think. So let, let's go back. Uh, and, and talk about the the, dif- the defensive line now compared to the offensive line. I know your guys' defense was pretty bad last year, almost worse than ours, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, 30th in yards uh, and points, 31st in third down conversions. What have you guys done on the defense to really address that, and who's who's the leader that you brought in? Well, they've got Matt Eberflus now calling the scheme for the defense, and he's come he's brought it, taken it away from the Chuck Pagano uh, two gap, three four scheme, and put it in more of a uh, a Tampa two style base four man front. So basically, what they've done is they've tried to completely overhaul the entire focus of the defense, and now it's ba- built almost entirely on speed, instincts, and just the really just the ability to create turnovers. You'll you won't see this group not swipe at a ball, pull out a ball. They may not always pull it out. But this group is is absolutely hunting that pigskin. And that's something that even if they struggle, which they are, obviously, they're not going to be great. But if they continue to struggle throughout the season, fans will not be happy about it, but they'll understand because this team is truly uh, that's that's so much more exciting than just being run down your throat constantly in a in a scheme that's specifically designed to stop the running game. You know, and when you have a, a scheme now to this where it's built on turnovers and built on trying to, you know, really turn a game. It's built uh, basically what the Colts had when Peyton Manning was here. They were this, this defense is built to play with the lead. They didn't show that in week one, but this is the kind of, that is what the scheme is built to do. The scheme is built to win from, you know, to force the offense into throwing low percentage throws, picking them off, getting out on third down, that kind of stuff. And they are a bend but don't break defense a little bit right now, but that's all going to come uh, come with time. I think that the way that Frank Reich and Frank Reich and Matt Eberflus have done, in my opinion, an excellent job of getting this defense 
really kind of focused on what they need to do to be successful this year. They, they've even said, in, in fact, I think Reich said today, it was today that he said, um, you know, these guys basically are clowning each other if anybody loafs on any play. You have to run to the ball. It doesn't matter if you're getting your butt up off the ground. You have to run to the ball. If you don't run to the ball, your teammates call you out. And, they, and he's just, you know, he's basically saying these guys are going to build their own, uh, you know, accountability system within themselves. They're going to be each other's experience and, and try to really build like a collective leadership presence among the entire group. And I think that's really cool. And it's really interesting because you always hear this guy's leader, this guy's leader. Basically what they're saying is everybody on this team is expected to be a leader and you not only play and lead by example, but you let those guys know who aren't doing it, that they need to get it, you know, get it in gear. And I think that that's fun Mm -hmm. when you get to that, because I think that really builds a special team. Now, how long that takes, who knows, but you you understand what I'm saying. It it, it kind of builds that special chemistry and and players want to play in something like that, where not only are they expected to play well, but they're the ones who are going to be able to feel free to say, look, pick up your game, dude. Cause you know, we're not, we're not pulling you behind. You're going to have to run with us. Well, Matt, know? to so be fair, Matt, I mean, the, the, the lions are trying to do that now with Matt Patricia and that's not working out oh. for them. And frankly, you know, not, not to pick on the Colts here, but if you don't have a leader, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't ask everyone to be a leader. I mean, that's kind of the opposite of being a leader. So, you know, looking right. at what happened to them on Sunday, the Bengals, the Bengals are not a, a, they're not, they're not the class of the AFC. They're not, they're, they might not even be the, the second best team in the in the north or in their division like mm-hmm. you look at this team the colts had every chance to win that game and they just they couldn't do it and frankly I, I i think most of us were encouraged to see luck back a lot of us have him on fantasy teams and things of that nature and that's great but you look at the construction of this team i mean like i said when we uh, when we started the segment here and on the first part of the show we just we just don't know anybody on this team outside of outside of uh, andrew luck ty hilton and uh, i mean Christine Michael or Kristen Michael, I always get his first name wrong. And, and frankly, and, <laughs> so like and, and Ryan Grant, I, I know, I know, and Ryan Grant, who is near, near and dear to every Redskins fan's heart at the core of it, right? So this is a including team that, uh, Coach Gruden himself. Yeah, the, I mean Ryan, Ryan Grant. Ryan Grant did a he did some work on Sunday, right? So with him and T. Y. Hilton, I mean, when you look at these two and you look at the tight ends, is there? I mean, who? We're Redskins fans. Who should we be looking out for and saying, okay, this is the guy that we got to watch out for after, you know, seeing how they played on, on Sunday, Ryan Grant, T.Y. Hilton, more, I mean, they, they both had a ton of targets, um, but it looks like the Colts game is really now predicated on short passes and not so much uh, stretching the field as it was in years past, specifically with T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I mean, are right. we reading that right? Is that is that a shift on the team there? Yeah, it is. It, it's designed to get the ball out quick, obviously, and, and get it to the playmakers in space. Uh, now, you, you're looking for somebody who's going to hurt you other than, other than you know, the guys that you know, Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I, I really think that Chester Rogers is a guy that a lot of people don't give the credit that he deserves. He hasn't actually, and, and, and it's hard to you know, kind of promote this for him, but he hasn't actually had a ton of success. He's only He's been hurt a couple times, but he really presents a lot of interest to this when he can get in some space he's good after the catch i think that he's a guy for you i think that obviously naheem hines has that speed he's gaining back his back his confidence after a really crappy preseason in terms of return game 
Um, but th- th- that's the thing. The Colts really don't have that one guy that can hurt you. They can all kind of, you know, chip away at you right now. But outside of the guys, you know, I mean, Eric Ebron might be a guy that can hurt you. Jack Doyle can hurt you. Jack Doyle will break somebody's ankles with his route running. That's what he's going to do. He's not going to burn anybody out, you know, but I think that they have such a, a solid collection of just, it, it's even. How do they, how do they not win that game? They should have never been four down to begin with. I'm, I'm totally on board with you on that. And uh, that's something that the Colts have struggled with in the past is winning in the fourth quarter. And Frank Reich's got to write that ship and he's got to do it quick because that cannot be what happens with a new coach this year. It's why everybody couldn't stand Chuck Pagano and his approach. Um, but uh, all the – I mean, look, if if there's an offensive guy, you already know about him. There's not a lot of big-time playmakers on this offense. That's just not the way it is. Um, they've got the, you know, kind of the thunder and lightning connection with Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. Uh, Ryan Grant – now, see, you guys are, are in love with Ryan Grant. I'm, I'm just not – I'm not impressed with him. You know, he had a Nobody solid Nobody loves Ryan Grant. <laughs> I love Ryan Grant. <laughs> Clearly, the Red Kings don't love him. He's the best receiver in practice every day. <laughs> oh, oh, and in preseason. I mean, he's he's the sure hands of the Redskins last year. Uh, Doxon. Sure hands. Uh, That's ridiculous. Whatever. He's immune whatever to a first down marker. You throw the ball to any of those guys, there's always a chance of a drop. You throw it to Ryan Grant, he's going to be one yard, sh- one yard short of the sticks, but he's going to catch it. And yeah, I, I, can I, can he's I, just can one I of those things. Can I, can I, just, he, he is what he is. L- let, let me just jump in here, Matt, because it's, it's very rare that I get to talk to someone from Indianapolis. Okay. You guys are like the nicest people in the world. Okay. Compared wow. to the dickheads that we have in DC. Okay. You guys are incredible. Um, let, let me just go back to the Andrew Luck question, because I, I think it's a fascinating story, especially here in DC with the 2012 draft, I hope they make a 30 for 30 out of what's going on with these guys and RG3 and Luck and uh, Russell yeah. Wilson. And, and and to see the trajectories that all of these guys have have gone through and have taken and their careers have taken. I mean, we kind of know where RG3 ended up and, we, and his story is kind of over. Uh, Russell Wilson's is obviously, uh, you know, still continuing. Where's Andrew Luck's trajectory at this moment in time? I mean, he came... And again, that first year, he took the league by storm, but we didn't really notice it here in D.C. because we had our own kind of, uh, you know, you know, uh, rookie killer. But right now, coming off of the injury, coming off of his past history and what he's shown that he can do in his first year, what is the sentiment in Indianapolis, whether that's with coaches and uh, ownership and management versus just really the fan on the street? And what do they think the trajectory of Andrew Luck really can be? I mean, is it a Peyton Manning type sense or is it like a wait and see or is it are we going to re-sign this guy when his contract's up uh, where do you feel like the team is at with with him i don't think it's at a peyton manning level yet but i do think that most most colts fans really think andrew luck is 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 all is 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 is, is the deal right i mean they they really think that he's going to be the guy that can lead the colts to multiple championships and i don't disagree I think that I think if 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 I'm looking at trajectory, I mean, what are we? How are we comparing him? Do I think he's going to be a top five quarterback all time? No. Um, could he be? You know, I guess in that second group of five, you know, after Brady, Manning, you know, Montana, and all that, I think he could be on the back end of that for his career trajectory. You know what I'm do, saying? Do you do you think he's a top five quarterback today? Yes. Ooh, yeah. Top, I, yeah. 
Oh come yep. on, Matt! No, come, you can't be you can't be serious. Top five? <laughs> no, look, 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 look! I, I did this. I am all right. Hang on a minute. Actually, be careful me, uh, where you put Alex Smith on that list. <laughs> and Definitely Kirk, not well, top five. <laughs> be careful with Kirk too. LP will jump in here and, and bite everyone's head off. Oh. Damn, I gotta, I gotta find this now. You guys got me into my quarterback talk. There it is. Um, give, I actually give us top five. I developed if a. You got it. I, I don't know if I've got it uh, right all all put together. I'm going to look at the the sheet I've got, but in, in general, last or what was it? 2016, Andrew Luck was undoubtedly a top five quarterback by the by complete statistical comparison to every other quarterback in the league. Um, I know I've got there. We go. Okay. Um, Let's see. I'll go. I'll tell you from last year how I had my quarterbacks ranked via my system. That that good? Yeah. Let's hear it. Please. Yeah. Let's do it. So Carson Wentz had the Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. Watson and then Red because he didn't complete enough games to be actually involved in the entire formula. But when he did play, he was number two behind Carson Wentz. Andrew Luck's 2016 season would have been good for number three last year. Okay. That. That tells me he would have. I mean, okay. So his his 2016 numbers were six points behind Deshaun Watson's overall, and his was only what five or six games. So Tom Brady at five, uh, Drew Brees at six. I'm sorry, I, I I'm on a different line here. Wentz one, uh, Watson two, Luck three, Brady four, uh, four Brees five, Garoppolo similar situation oh. to. Uh, but just 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 that was just just. Uh, Statistical comparison. That doesn't mean that he deserves to be on this list. I'm just I'm including right. the guy who didn't have enough. Uh, right, Jared right. Goff, Aaron Rodgers was after that. Rivers, Stafford, Wilson, Winston, Alex Smith was 13th. So where's I Captain mean, Kirk? Here's where I'll disagree. Where I think your your theory here falls a little short is sustained success right. over multiple years, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Deshaun Watson had a had a good rookie year. We saw what RG3 did his rookie year. I don't wouldn't right. put RG3 up in the top 100 of ever played in the NFL. So no, look, I think there's something to be said about sustained success. Sure, I agree. And this is just purely 2017's numbers. That's all that was. Right. Um, but if, if I'm going, if I'm giving you the top five, you're, you're, look, you're a fool no matter what if you don't have Tom Brady at number one. I mean, come on. You know, he, is, is he the top quarterback in the league this minute? Maybe not, but he's damn close, and I'm in built on you know you're talking about level of of continuous play throughout his career. I'm going to give him that. You know that's just the way it's going to be. Then I think you've got Breeze and you know Rogers. let's see, I yeah I think you got Rogers in there. They're all in the top five there. Now I I've, I'm actually a big fan of Russell Wilson. I'm interested to see right, what he. I'm going to cut you off there because I hate Russell Wilson so much that I can't talk about him. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Top five concerns the Colts have with the Redskins. <laughs> what you guys are doing to get ready for us? Because I'm really, really excited about our team, and I really want to know what you guys are going to do for us. Uh, what do you say? Top five concerns for the Colts for uh for of the Redskins? Yeah. 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 I I think that it's ultimately tackling in space because the Colts. Look, Alex Smith isn't going to just hand the Colts the ball, right? That we know that about Alex Smith's career. That's not going to happen. Um, I'm interested to see kind of what your wide receivers 
kind of are going to, I like Jameson Crowder. Um, I'm a, I haven't, I heard about Trey Quinn a little bit. I haven't seen much, but then you've got, you know, Paul Richardson. Those guys are kind of, you know, pretty consistent guys. But what about Chris Thompson? What's this guy bring? Cause I mean that to me, looking at what he did last week is a concern because he both, he did it, you know, uh, with the ball and then out of the backfield as a receiver. So, I mean, obviously Jordan Reed is a concern. You've got to look, I, I, I honestly, I think that, uh, Minuski is a pretty solid defensive coordinator. And I think that he's going to probably have a little bit of familiarity with what Andrew like, uh, Andrew Luck likes to do. That's a concern for me. Um, obviously Ryan Kerrigan, just in teams in general. And I think that if you're going to add Alex Smith into that, I think that you have to, the, the Colts really have to be able to understand that they're going to be in a sim, a playing against a similar offense that the Colts are trying to implement now. Alex Smith is, is not going to go 35 yards downfield every play. He's going to eat you up underneath, and then he's going to see if he can find something, something else for a little bit more. That, to me, is going to really stress this Colts defense because they, they, they proved in the, the second half last week they can't generate a turnover every, you know, t- every two or three drives. That's just not feasible in the NFL. And they weren't tackling well enough to be able to stop them when they had chances. That's another problem. You've got some pretty good guys after the catch and some guys are pretty good in space uh, on their offense. Now, if you look at your guys' defensive side of the ball, I I don't, I mean, like I said, Kerrigan, but Quentin Dunbar apparently had a pretty, pretty good season, a good game last week. I, all in all, I just think that it's a better, it's a, it's a better roster right now, obviously than the Colts have. And I think that you've just got more across the board that the Colts need to be wary about. That said, I think that the Colts will find. I think that the Colts will be able to win uh, with Reich scheming in matchup game because I think he really stresses their. He'll stress their defense as well. And I don't know if they've got. You know, I don't. I don't know enough about the Redskins this year to know if they've got a quality nickel or if they've got. You know, uh, how their safeties, how your safeties are, are playing right now. I know Swearinger is a guy who takes a lot of uh, a lot of chances and he gets burnt because of it. Uh, other than that, I don't know a lot about your safeties. Yeah, Fabian Moreau is the the slot corner and uh, second-year guy. Um, didn't get targeted much last week, but uh, let me pivot back to this Sunday's game against the Redskins. Uh, help me fill in the blank here. The Colts will win this Sunday if what? What do they have to do to win? Uh, they, they, well, I would, I, I think they've got to win the turnover battle, and then they can't, for, they can't have any turnovers at all. I, I, they can't have a single one. They've got to be as crisp with the ball as possible because Andrew Luck is going to cover up a lot. We we saw that. Even I mean, nobody knows who Zach Pascal is. Nobody. I mean, you guys actually might. He's from your neighborhood, isn't he? he is, yeah, he is. He's a local product. Right. So no I mean, you guys. Who that is? I think he went to Syracuse. Am I wrong? No, that was Ishmael. I yeah. can't remember. Where Stevie, it's not a now. it's not a baseball player, Stevie. So it's it's, out of, it's outside say, your wheelhouse. Play right field. Is he a switch hitter? <laughs> right, <laughs> but I mean, nobody knew who he was, and that's kind of the thing that this Colts offense has. They don't have a lot of knowns, and just I, I I just think that they've got to win the the turnover battle, and they've got to be consistent, and they cannot they can they just simply can't turn the ball over. They cannot. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Matt, you, just listening to you talk, if I knew nothing about the Colts, I would think that this was a team that was expected to win. 
do you expect them to win or challenge for the AFC South? Yes. Yeah. See, yes. so I love I love the confidence. I I don't know enough about the team to call you out on that or or to say if that's crazy or not. I know the Jaguars are stacked. I know the Texans didn't look very good. The Titans are a terrible franchise. Uh, from right. Start, top, Mariota's top to injured. Yeah, and Delaney Walker the- is gone. I mean, they can't yep. run the ball. They can't throw the ball. They got all kinds of problems. But the Colts, to be fair, I mean, it's not a there's there's no household names on this team outside of T. Y. Hilton no. and and Andrew Luck. Nope. So. You know, I I, right. I concede that if they're going to win, they're going to have to protect the ball, which they didn't. I mean, they played an okay game against the Bengals, and the Bengals were, I mean, they're they're kind of evenly matched, and I think the Colts should have won that game. Similarly, the Redskins. So I'll tell you, in our from our perspective, the Redskins were expected to be tested or kind of be able to measure themselves after playing the Cardinals. Turns out the Cardinals are, are a very bad team as well. So we, right. as Redskins fans, are looking at the Colts and saying, well, are they better or worse than the Cardinals? And the answer is it may be a push. And and not it's not to crap on one team or the other, but there's a stud quarterback. We really don't know anything outside of the rec- – I mean, he's got some weapons there. Uh, Ryan Grant may or may not be an actual weapon, but T.Y. Hilton is. The two tight ends certainly are. So – there are some pieces there that when, as, as Redskins fans, we look and we say, well, all right, they have some opportunity to move the ball, but I can't tell you anything about the running backs on the Colts right now. I also can't tell you anything about their secondary. I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if there's a mismatch to be had looking at this. You know, are, are Redskins receivers looking at the roster of Colts and saying uh, this should be better than it was last week, or is it kind of the same? Like, There's a lot of question marks for me as a, as a Redskins fan, but I, I'll tell you, like we – let, let's kind of let's start to put a bow on the show here. What do you expect to happen? I think you're. It sounds like you're you're going to lean towards Colts win. Am I reading this right? No, Matt? no. But I think they're going to be in the game. I okay. think it, I, I had them actually losing last week by three. Um, I, I but once they they came out much 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 better than I expected them to. Um, I, I Andrew Luck is look. I when Andrew Luck came back instantly, in my opinion, he makes the Colts. Uh, give or take a game, a 500 team. That that's where I see what he does for this franchise, and going with that and, and leading through that. Where you where do you pick up the extra win, or where do you pick up the extra loss? You know, last <laughs> week one showed us right there that Andrew Luck is driving to take the game, and Jack Doyle gives you the loss. And I and I, you know I'm a fan of Jack Doyle, but nevertheless, that's the kind of crap right there that keeps you from winning a game that Andrew Luck is absolutely leaning towards putting you in the, in the W column. That's a fact. Uh, th- I think that Andrew Luck will do the same thing. He's going to have his self-tested again. It's a totally different look than what he saw last week in the defense. Definitely a three, four. Uh, and you guys have natural pass rusher, in my opinion, in Kerrigan, and you've got a tackle machine in Zach Brown. So, I mean, this is going to test both the Colts running game, uh, the the offensive line and Luck's going to have a completely different look from last week. So it could be a complete and total utter disaster, or it could be something that Luck really likes to throw against, and you just don't know yet. Luck's going to keep him in the game. I I honestly, I, I think that Alex Smith. Honestly, I just think he's too um, too good with with keeping the ball in his own team's hands to uh, to give Andrew Luck another shot. But I I, I would say that I I probably take the and i think i'd do about the same as last week i think i'd give the skins to win by three or four in this one as well so give us a number give us an actual what what score you got what's the final score uh 26 23 all right lp what's your final score uh i actually agree 
We'll come back to LP. FP. Put on a you know, much better team than we're giving them credit for, but I don't see them uh, matching up with the Redskins at all. Um, I go Redskins uh, 26, Colts 10. FP. Mm. Going, oh, you insulted him. I'm going 21-17, Skins. Stevie? <laughs> I'll go a one-up, yeah, FP, 31-17. I think Alex Smith finally shatters his own record of throwing it over five yards one time. See, I think that's more likely. I think when you guys talk about uh, the way that – because Andrew Luck can give the game away. He's done that in the past too. And I think a 31-17 kind of score right there is something that could be legitimately uh, in, the, in the works because he's going to put points up. But, he, you know, we see those – man, he's just got some YOLO throws that just won't make you want to rip your hair out, man. It, just, right, so we're all, it sounds like we're all going skins. I'm going skins too. I'm going 50-3, to three, and I think Adrian Peterson is going to run for 300 <laughs> yards. Look, if, if Joe Mixon was able to tally 95 on 17 carries and add another, what, 50, I think, on – five catches if we get ap from last week which was a which is basically ap from like 10 years ago he, he's gonna have 200 yards and i and if the I weather think joe mixon is better than ap uh, i i disagree with you i i, I just do i think you're wrong on that uh, i think you're very wrong i think you're very wrong too so we we agree That's that we're good. both I, very wrong i would love to see you draft ap ahead of joe mixon in fantasy okay that would have made for well, some uh i did nice fodder i don't think joe mixon got drafted we have to go back That's and check. That's not true. We have to go back and check. We have to go back and check. But look, if if <laughs> if Dalton was able to hang, uh, what two hundred fifty with set, with only seven incompletions, I expect a similar stat line out of Alex Smith. Um, but it sounds like we're all on this kind of the same page. The Colts are a team that you know really not sure what they got improving slowly, and Andrew Luck makes them better, no question about it. The Skins should win this game. They're the better team offensively. They're definitely the better team defensively. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I for right now, anyway, I think the, the coaching advantage has to be to the Redskins as well, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So um, any, any final thoughts from anyone? Any final takeaways? Any final questions for Matt before we let him go? Going once? It, it's going not twice. going to be an easy game, though. Let's be let's be a little realistic. They're, the Colts are still a good team. They're still an NFL team. And we know from past history of the Redskins, this is the type of game where they would go out and lay a dud. But let's all hope that doesn't happen. The Colts are not a good team, but they do have the ability to <laughs> another team down to you know where they're currently at. That's where they're dangerous, is if you play down to the level. Well, with that, Matt, thank you very much for joining us. For everyone listening, check out Stampede Blue, the Colts cast, all of his awesome writing, SB Nation. Give him a follow at mdanleysb uh, on Twitter. Matt, thank you so much for joining the show. Appreciate it. If you're up for it, Post game, we'd love to have you back. Absolutely, love to love being on. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, thanks for com- thanks for coming. Thank in. you. Thanks, Matt. For LP, FP, Stevie. My name is Joe. This has been DTC. Hail to the Redskins! Thanks for listening to the preview show. We'll be back on Sunday night. Posted on Monday with final with uh, recap thoughts on hopefully what will be a Redskins two and zero start to the season. For now, we are out.